Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. I'm going to go ahead and read uh, Isaiah chapter 61, verses 10 through 11, and 62, verses 1 through 5. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. I will be overjoyed because of my God, for he clothes me in garments of deliverance. He puts on me a robe symbolizing vindication. I look like a bridegroom when he wears a turban as a a priest would. I look like a bride when she puts on her jewelry. For just as the ground produces its crops and a garden yields its produce, so the sovereign Lord will cause deliverance to grow and give his people reason to praise him in the sight of all nations. For the sake of Zion, I will not be silent. For the sake of Jerusalem, I will not be quiet until her vindication shines brightly and her deliverance burns like a torch. Nations will see your vindication and all kings your splendor. You will be called by a new name that the Lord himself will give you. You will be a majestic crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal turban in the hand of your God. You will no longer be called abandoned, and your land will no longer be called desolate. Indeed, you will be called, my delight is in her, and in your land married. For the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married to him. As a young man marries a young woman, so your sons will marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over a bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Amen. Okay, uh, I'm reading Psalms 147, uh, 12-15. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has made strong the bars of your gates and has blessed your children within you. He makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest of wheats. He sends forth his commandments upon the earth and his word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool and scatters the white frost like ashes. He casts forth his ice like crumbs. Who is able to abide his frost? He sends out the word and melts them. He blows with his wind and the waters flow. He declares his word unto Jacob, his statutes and ordinances unto Israel. He has not dealt so with other nations, neither have they knowledge of his laws. Praise the Lord. I'm reading Galatians 3:23 through 4:7. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. 
For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean that the heir as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Amen. I just want to take a couple of minutes uh, and just read to you uh, John chapter 1, uh, verses uh, 1 through 18. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God. The Word was with God in the beginning. All things were created by Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines on in the darkness, but the darkness has not mastered it. A man came sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that everyone might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was created by him. But the world did not recognize him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not receive him. But to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. Children not born by human parents or by human desire or a husband's or or, or a man's decision, right? But by God. Now the word became flesh and took up residence among us. We saw His glory, the glory of the one and only, full of grace and truth, who came from the Father. John testified about Him and shouted out, This one was the one about whom I said, He who comes after me is greater than I am, because He existed before me. For we have all received from His fullness one gracious gift after another. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came about through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only one, Himself God, who was in the closest fellowship with the Father, He has made God known. Can we pray this morning that God would just order our steps today? Lord, we thank You and we praise You today. That we can come to You. That we can hear Your Word, God. I thank You for the Word that was read today. Lord, may it challenge us. May it consume us, Lord. May it be something that we inwardly digest today to receive your word today with gladness. 
and to be rejoicing in that today. Lord, we thank You today that You have poured upon us the new light of Your incarnate Word, Your Son. Lord, grant that this light that we are speaking of today, that we have received, God, may it be kindled in our hearts today. And may it shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with You in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, for all eternity. We thank You for that. Amen. 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 I want to focus in on John, John's Gospel this morning. So we're going to be in John chapter 1, and we're going to be breaking down just the concepts of light that John reveals to us in it. And so the title of the message is, In the Beginning Was the Word. In the Beginning Was the Word. Now that was a fascinating connection that John makes because he is bringing it back to Genesis 1. Right? Bear a sheet. In the beginning, right? God created the heavens and the earth. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. Right, the very first thing that we see God creating uh, in Genesis 1 is light. And John makes a special intentional effort to bring everything back to Jesus being the light of the world in this text. Right, he's older. He's retelling everything. There's a greater span of distance between John's Gospel and what we would call the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But John's retelling this and he's trying to reveal this reality of who Jesus is. And so we want to think about this as we embrace a new year with the eternal light. See, this image that you see in this next slide, embracing a new year with the eternal light, this image that you see shows us that the path forward, I believe God's Word reveals to us, and we will look and see that even the universe and science around us reveals that the path forward for us has to be through the Word of God, His eternal Word. The light of truth that reveals that truth in our lives. And so we want to think about that today as we gather today. This is New Year's Eve. Many of you have probably stayed up later than you planned on staying up today. Um, so thank you for your diligence. You can take a nap afterwards. Um, but it's New Year's Eve, and so there are many people that have plans and things that they do um, as the, the year finishes out. Uh, there's so many different uh, traditions that people have. Uh, my grandfather used to count money as uh, the new year rolled in because he believed that whatever you were doing uh, when the new year rolled in is what you're going to have more of. Uh, you ever guys ever heard people say that, right? So he would always count money. He'd sit there and just count his money, right? He was a business owner, and so he was always trying to, to provide for his family, and so he would always do that. There's some that will pray the new year in. Uh, there are some that uh, would like to embrace a loved one. Um, there are so many things that people do, right? But my hope is that today, as we finish through this last Sunday, uh, this New Year's Eve for us, uh, that our hearts will be drawn to uh, God's Word and His presence. Uh, and that we'll, we'll think about that as we go throughout this uh, today. And so, it's New Year's Eve, but it's also the first Sunday of Christmas, which is why we still have the decorations up. Some of you guys are like, December 26th has got to go down. Get it out of here. Time to move on. Get ready for the new year. We like to hold on as long as we can. And so they're going to be up until Epiphany for in, in the church. My house will probably be up until February because I'm praying for snow. Um, that's the idea, right? You can't take it down until there's snow on the ground. Um, 
But we will, but we'll take everything down. But this is a celebratory time. This is Christmas time. This is the first Sunday of Christmas. Next, next Sunday will be Epiphany. We, all of this is in, in, ingrained in us this season of celebration. And so uh, it's a time of, of anticipation. We've been going through Advent together. We've been, we've been anxiously preparing our hearts for, for the Lord's coming. And we should do that every single day. But this season is a beautiful opportunity for us to do that. And so uh, we've been doing that. But we've also been taking time to reflect. This season is a time of reflection. As we look back at 2023 of everything that we've, we've gone through, whether good or bad, now we can look forward into uh, 2024, right? So we're going to be in John 1, but I want to at least connect to the passages that Selena, Tim, and Mel read for us today, right? So we read in Isaiah, in Psalms, and Galatians. In that, we heard prophecies about how God was going to be with His people that He was going to restore them. He was going to renew them. We heard about praises of God's faithfulness in their lives. And then we see teachings on how we can rejoice in this new expression of life through Christ coming into our lives. And so if you listen to these truths, and it's why we always are intentional about reading these passages, because we want you to hear a pattern and a theme. So if you were to read through these passages, and if you were listening to them, Today, you, you hear patterns and themes, and those patterns are is that God has always been there for His people. And He loves them, and He's always working things out in their lives. So the psalmist is rejoicing in that reality. We see the prophecies being given to examine that truth. And so in these, all of this brings us closer to the heart of God's message. The heart of His message is that He is consistent in loving His people. Now that started with Israel. But then when John reveals to us that as the message was beginning to be revealed through Jesus, anyone that believed in Him was given the right to be called the children of God. Now that's something we can all be thankful for today, that we, if we profess faith in Jesus, that we've been given the privilege to have our eyes open, to see Him for who He is, as our Lord and our King. And we've been given the privilege to be called the children of God. Amen. And so this message that we see in John's Gospel kind of culminates this theme about what we see in God's heart. And so we want to look at John 1 through the concept of the eternal Word. The eternal Word. You guys ever heard somebody say, trust me, I said it. If I said it, I'll never change my mind. Right? Social media is one of those funny things, right? So let's go to that next slide, Aiden. It says the eternal word. If we think about social media, right? How, how many times have somebody said something on social media and they say it and then you look back and you go, well, now they're saying something different this time, but they said something one way this way. You ever, you ever gone back into the time hop where you, you get to see, you're like, man, what was I talking about nine years ago, Right? Or maybe you're like, yeah, still true today. Sometimes that's the case, right? But sometimes people say things and, and it changes, right? Uh, we live in a world where um, it's like a 24-hour cycle is really what they all care about, right? Because uh, they've conditioned us and they've done studies on this that humans, um, and that it's all of us, right? We're all humans today, I think. But all of us, we, close enough, right? We, all of us have this, this preconceived training that's happened in our minds where we uh, 
after 24 hours, 48 hours, we kind of like reset our brains. Like long-term memory is not something that people who have, you know, mental or just, you know, cognitive, neurological struggles deal with now, but long-term memory is something that people are, are not using as much because we have so much access to information, right? We have phones, we have the internet, we have Alexa, right? That we can just say, Alexa, what's my birthday? She can tell you your birthday, and you don't have to remember that anymore, right? Because Alexa will tell you when you were born. And so our brains are starting to, to diminish that capacity to remember things, right? So this is one of those moments where we like to share with our kids, or we, we, our kids call them back-in-the-day stories, right? <clears throat> so they, my mom tells them back-in-the-day stories, and we have back-in-the-day stories. But back in the day, do you guys remember when you used to have to remember everyone's phone numbers? That if you were stranded on the side of the road, you didn't have a cell phone, you had to hitchhike five miles to a gas station, scrounge up and get a quarter, and hopefully remember that number, and, then, and they answer, right? Because if you didn't answer, then you were stranded. You just start a new life uh, where you're at, right? Because you couldn't, couldn't call anybody. You just, you had a map, and you had a, a lantern, and you had, you, you had, you know, your wits about you. And that's what life was back in the day, right? Right? And it's crazy because that was like 20 years ago. <laughs> now we're like, you can find somebody like in the Amazon like forest or jungle, right? Um, rainforest. You're like, I know everybody is now, right? Uh, you can't hide anywhere. There are still remote places in the world. I'm just saying that it's, very, it's more difficult, right? But, so I say that to say is that Things that used to seem like it was just going to be the way it was is not always the case, right? So our, our world is rapidly changing. But here's the thing about the eternal word, and it's what God's word reveals to us, and it's what we can cling to as people of faith, that God will never change. He remains the same. Through every season, through every situation, he remains the same. And that started from the beginning. The eternal word, it says in John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. It was fully God. And so we can be reminded today as we think about this that God has always been at the center of all creation and time. Paul said that everything started with Him and everything is ending with Him. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. The beginning and the end. And so He has always been at the center of creation. He is the constant of our ever-changing world. No matter how different the world becomes, he never changes. And we shouldn't look at that and go, well, you know, it's kind of outdated. Faith in general is kind of antiquated. But we miss the blessing of that because society changes, right? And people talk about science, right? Do you know science used to say some crazy things, right? If you study, right, the, 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 the individual, Hippolytus, where we have the Hippocratic Oath, right? He used to believe that he used to believe some crazy things about how to, how to check whether or not uh, individuals were able to bear children. Um, and if you study, you're like, what in the world? Who would let this man examine anybody? He is a crazy person, right? But that's the Hippocratic Oath is based off of this individual who was considered a genius at that time, right? People used to think uh, the earth was, wasn't, wasn't round, right? It was flat. I guess there's still people that think the earth is flat. But but people used to think the earth is flat, right? Uh, and if you're a flat earther, I'm not trying to start an argument. I'm just, I'm just saying that people used to think that, right? Then they came out with, Galileo came out and started it, and they're like, oh, wow, okay. I guess things might be a little different, right? Uh, people used to think all kinds of things, right? And so there's an interesting uh, thing of how science changes, right? So even science that we base everything off of changes at times. 
There's one thing that we can hold on to that we see throughout all eternity, all throughout the history. God never changes. He's the same, right? And so John uses imagery here, as we mentioned, that connects us back to Genesis 1. And what does God do in Genesis 1? He creates and dispels the darkness and the chaos. Right? It says that darkness hovered over the waters of the deep, right? And if you read that understanding, that tohu vavuhu, right? That wild and waste, that chaos that is existing in this beginning stage of the world. It says the Spirit of God begins to, to inter- intervene and hover. That energizing spirit, that ruach that the Bible describes. And it begins to breathe life into chaos. And the very first thing he does is, is he says, let there be light. Let there be light. Selena was telling me this last night. Um, I don't have a lot of moments to by myself. I have a hundred children. Um, it does feel like that. When you add in their personalities, it's a lot. So I, I snuck away last night in my office, and she came in there. And so we were talking um, as the kids were asleep, uh, and she was sharing with me this, and I hadn't thought about this, but this is a fascinating thing about the spark of life. Um, they've, they've found that um, when uh, a woman's uh, egg is fertilized by uh, male sperm, that there's a spark that happens. It's literally, you can see like a flash of light. And it's interesting because the very first thing God did to create order out of the chaos is he said, let there be light, right? And John 1 says that in him was life. And that life was the light to all mankind. Right? You'll see there's a fascinating thing about us as light bearers, us who are supposed to be the imagers of our Creator, that not only will Jesus describe Himself as the light of the world, but He tells us, you are the light of the world. Go into all the world and let your light shine. Right? That's, a found, that's, a, that's a fascinating reality that we see here. So the concept of light that we see in these verses, it symbolizes knowledge, purity, and divine presence. Again, two things that I want you to end off this year with here as a church. I want you thinking about God's Word, and I want you to think about His presence. But knowledge, purity, and divine presence. Now, I'm not a scientist. By no means. I'm not even sure if I'm in Bill Nye's category of scientists. But I did do some research on light. And if you've ever studied light, it's a fascinating thing. And so we're going to take a few minutes and talk about light because the Bible describes light so much in terms of God and His nature and who He is and Jesus Himself, particularly in John chapter 1. So did you know that light travels at a speed of 300 kilometers per second? I mean 300,000, I'm sorry. 300,000 kilometers per second. So what does that mean? If you were to shine a flashlight to the moon at night, you obviously wouldn't see the light hitting the moon, but in order from the time it takes you to turn that flashlight on and shine it up into the sky towards the moon, it's like 1.28 seconds. That's how long it would take for that light from the flashlight to get to the moon. That's what the speed of light is. That's fast, right? So what does that tell us about light? That you can turn the light on and it, it moves that fast. <clears throat> light possesses a speed of its own and physical properties of its own. Furthermore, we can produce light because light has a source from which it originates. This makes light an independent 
physical entity. So people can harness light, right? They can take it because it has properties, but it has a property and an entity outside of itself, right? That's fascinating because light is something that we uh, see the Bible so clearly describe as the nature of God, that God is light, that he is the light of the world. Now, we live in a world of contrast, right? So what about darkness, right? We have light and we have darkness. And oftentimes we think about there's two choices, right? So you got, you got this way and you got that way, particularly when it comes to faith and living your life a certain way, right? Well, you know, I believe this and you can believe this. Well, the Bible is intentional about describing God and his ways as light. And that's important because of how we understand light and darkness. So science can't describe really darkness because they cannot create it can't create darkness. That's what they found. There's no properties. There are no properties that you can, you can find for darkness. Darkness has no source. In fact, the only reason why humans can identify darkness is that light exists. And that's fascinating because we're always talking about, is God real? Is He this? Is He that? The Bible spends this whole time talking about Him being light and light coming into the world. And the only way we know that there is darkness is because we we, we take away because we have light. So the reason why we can have the discussions that we have in our society about things is because there's light. Now think about this. Scientifically, darkness is not an independent physical entity, right? So light is an independent physical entity. But darkness is defined as merely the absence of light. You guys have heard that before, right? But, but think about it for a second. Being defined as the absence of something is not an alternative, <laughs> right? It's not saying, yeah, well, that's for you, man, right? But this is for me. No, darkness is the absence of light. So it's like you have truth, you have light, and then you have the absence of it, right? It's not, well, you have this and this. It's this is the truth. This is the light. This is the way. This is the absence of it. And that's what we see in terms of light and darkness. That's the way the Bible describes it. That's the way science describes it. Now, I want to take a few moments in this idea of us thinking about light and to challenge you with a few properties and a few categories of light that's described in John 1. We see light as knowledge in John chapter 1. Light is knowledge. Right? What does all this mean? I think we're going to look at it by breaking this down. Light is knowledge. There are a few categories that we see here that I think connect to this idea of light in, in connection to knowledge. The first thing is dispelling ignorance. Just as physical light dispels darkness, knowledge dispels the darkness of ignorance. You see, light is synonymous with gaining understanding or insight. Illuminating the mind and soul by driving away confusion and lack of understanding. We have things in our culture where we say, I, I used to be in the dark about this, but now my eyes have been opened, right? And I see the truth, right? That's what knowledge does. It takes us from a place of darkness and it gives us understanding. Guidance and direction, right? Life is often seen as a guide leading one through darkness and uncertainty, Similarly, knowledge provides guidance in life. It helps individuals navigate through complex and challenging situations, right? It acts as a beacon. It acts as something that you can see and you can, you can walk towards. Guiding decisions and actions. Revelation and insight, right? All throughout the Bible, we see light 
that is frequently associated with divine revelation, truth, and wisdom. Knowledge in this sense is akin to a light that reveals truths about the world, ourselves, and the divine. Light reveals that, right? If we think about light as knowledge, right, when the light of God shines in our eyes, it opens our eyes to see the truth. Right? It can represent moments of epiphany or profound insight. We see growth and nourishment, right? We see visibility and clarity. We see energy and transformation. We see safety and comfort. All of these are instances where light is knowledge. Now, some of you might be saying, knowledge isn't everything, man, right? Knowledge isn't everything. You're right. But aren't you thankful that people don't stick their heads in the sand and go, hey, whatever it is, it is, man, right? Like, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, right? All of us are like, no, people who want to know the truth, seek the truth, find the truth, discoveries are made. Life happens, right? And so knowledge isn't everything, but if we are to be people who walk in the light, then we ought to be people who are walking, trying to grow in the knowledge that God is revealing to us, right? Not people that say, I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. I know what I know, right? I've, I've mastered life as, I, as we know it. I've got it all figured out. No, all of us need to continue to walk in the light that He has called us to walk in, right? And so light is knowledge. It's an important component. But I want us to think about light in the concept of purity as well. Light is purity. We see the symbolism of clarity and cleanliness. Light is pure in its clarity and lack of contamination. It is often viewed as unblemished and untainted. Similar to how purity is perceived, right? The clarity of light symbolizes transparency and honesty. It's the illumination of truth. We hear about that, right? God's Word says that the Holy Spirit illuminates God's Word to us, right? It uses language like our eyes are being opened, that light is being shined in places of darkness, that we see things now differently. There's a spiritual and there's a, a moral purity that comes with that. There's an innocence and a virtue that comes with light. There's healing and renewal that comes with light. It contrasts with darkness, right? We understand that's a pretty normal concept, right? That it contrasts with darkness and that there's a transcendence and an otherworldliness that connects to this reality. We were at uh, Christmas Town yesterday and uh, we were blessed to hang out with. Um, Rob and, and Heather Price and their family and, and Gigi and Diego and, and Salvador and, and, and our kids and, and Selena and I were able to hang out uh, yesterday and went to Christmas Town and uh, we were going through uh, the place, um, I think it's in Italy where it's Escape from Pompeii. You guys have been to Bush Gardens? You've been there a long time, right? Escape from Pompeii has been there for years, right? It's funny, when it, when it, when it turns into Christmas Town, uh, they take a city that is famous for volcano explosions that destroyed the city and they cover it with snow. I think that's funny, right? They cover Pompeii in snow. I imagine like, I wish they could have used some snow when, that, when everything erupted, right? But there's this moment where we're walking through and they have lights running down where the, where the, the water would, would take you. Uh, and the group that was with us, they were trying to take a selfie. And so everybody was off to the side trying to gather everyone together. Um, my son James was kind of just transfixed on the lights in the, in the escape from Pompeii. And everybody was yelling at him, James, come on, man. They thought he was just da dazing out, right? He seen a squirrel or something, and he was off in his own world. And they were like, hey, 
Come here. Right? So when he actually changes his direction and comes at him, he says to them, he says, guys, I was having a spiritual experience there looking at the lights. You messed it up. I was like, I wasn't expecting to hear that. Right? I stopped right there and said, hallelujah. Lord, all that work is coming to pass. Right? Light has a way of making us feel that way, right? So when you turn on the lights in your, your, in your house, you maybe, you know, that's why I love Christmas trees and just lighting candles and having candles lit, right? Uh, so there's always just a beauty. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a, just a sense that takes you to like a transcendent otherworldliness moment where you're like, hey, this is peaceful. This is, this is something that's beautiful here. It, it gives us an idea of simplicity and unadulterated essence, right? Where the simplicity of this kind of just connects to it all, right? So light is pure. And, and, and Jesus is described as that pure light. He's described as, as truth, that he reveals truth to us. But light is also described in divine presence. And again, I told you two things that I want you guys to leave with this year. I want you to think about God's word, and I want you to think about God's presence. And so as we think about that, I want us to, to seek the light of Christ to guide our paths. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to have passages of Scripture that are on the screen. I'm going to read these passages to you because, again, I want you to hear God's Word today. And I want it to connect to you all of the truths that we've tried to tie together that He's revealing to us that His way is the truth. Right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? No man comes to the Father except through me. He tells him, he's, he's the door. I'm the one that gives you access to the Father. He's the light of the world that shines in the darkness. It's not, well, yeah, well, there's this or there's that. It's this, and then this is the absence of this. And that's the reality we need to understand. And I'm going to challenge you with that concept of Jesus is the light of the world, and He came into the world to shine in the darkness. I want to challenge you with that in our own lives. So John chapter 8, verse 12 Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness. John 1, 4-5, In Him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines on in the darkness, but the darkness has not mastered it. I love that translation because if you read the Greek in that section there, it's not just saying in the past tense that light overcame darkness in this one moment. It's a perpetual thing it's an active thing so it means that light always overcomes darkness and darkness always fails to overcome light we have that hope today we just installed some lights out in the in the hallway and we're still working out the glitches so if you walk down the hallway and the lights turn off just shake a little bit and it and and they'll they'll pop back on but we're trying to figure it out. But light is, it happens so fast, right? It could be dark. You turn the lights on. Everything, the darkness is gone. Right? Shining a light up in the sky. 1.2 seconds to get to the moon. From here. That's fast, the speed of light. Right? That makes us think, well, the darkness, what in the world is the darkness all about? You know what I mean? Who is the darkness, right? The light is where everything is, Right? In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines on in the darkness, but the darkness has not mastered it. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness see a bright light. Light shines on those who live in a land of deep darkness. One of my favorite passages, it really could be the 
the main verse for our time together today. It's Psalm 119, 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to walk by and a light to illuminate my path. 1 John 1, 5-7, it says, Now this is the gospel message that we have heard from Him and announced to you. God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him, yet keep walking in the darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. Right? If I know that He has revealed His truth to me, and I am to continue to walk in that truth. If I remain in darkness, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. If I've experienced the pure light of God's love, and I know the truth, but I don't live my life that way, then I'm not walking the way that He wants me to walk. You can't have both. Light and darkness don't go together. They do not go together. So if we say we have fellowship with Him, yet keep on walking in the darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 13-14, through 14, it says, But all things being exposed by the light are made visible. For everything made visible is light. And for this reason it says, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Matthew chapter 5, we'll end with this, verses 14 through 16. Right, we started out with Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. He ends in Matthew 5 by saying, You are the light of the world. Now, what does he mean by that? He's not saying, You're awesome, you're great. You go show them how great you are, champion. He's saying that we ourselves have received his light. Our eyes have been opened, we know the truth. Now we're called to go and let His light shine, right? We're supposed to go and let people see Him so that they will see us and then they will be pointed to Him. Right? Matthew 5, starting in verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city located on a hill cannot be hidden. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, giving light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so that they can see your good deeds and give honor to your Father in heaven. You guys know it should not surprise us that the world around us doesn't agree with us. You know why? They're in darkness. And we have seen a great light. Our eyes have been opened. We know the truth. It shouldn't surprise us. Nor should we have to be in conflict going, I just wish we could get along more. Listen, we're supposed to go into the world to love people as Jesus loved them, but in doing so, we are supposed to go and share the light of Christ in dark places. So it shouldn't surprise us if we are surrounded in darkness. I can't tell you how many times I've heard Christians and, and people who profess faith in Jesus say, this world's so bad, I don't want anybody, I don't want to be around anybody. I'm just going to lock myself up and hide. Right? Well, he literally just says, nobody lights a lamp and then hides it. We're supposed to let it shine. Yeah. Right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Right? We have to understand that in the, in the, in the, in the, the most fundamental places of our lives, that message is, is being formed. Right? We are called to go and to let our light shine. Yeah. The light of Christ that burns within us. 
the Holy Spirit that's come in and energized us, that it's illuminated truth to us. We shouldn't be surprised if the world around us thinks we are out of touch. You should go read the letters that were written about these whack jobs that they called them. They called them Christians in the first and second century. They were loving people. They were being neighborly. They were, they were praying for people that were mean to them. They were, they were helping offer grief counsel to people who had persecuted them, who had lost loved ones. They were sharing with each other. Radical, hateful people, right? Who were doing these things, right? And that's what the enemies were coming back saying, listen, that's what these people are doing. So I don't know what kind of troublemakers you think they are, but this is what's happening. They love people. They love each other. They're being loving, and their communities are thriving. Right? That's what the light is supposed to do. It's supposed to dispel the darkness. So that's what we need to think about. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go into all the world and dispel the darkness. Right? But I think sometimes we spend so much time fighting with each other. We spend so much time being the ones to, 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 to tell people how bad this person is or how horrible this person is that all we're doing is, is just letting the darkness walk around saying, look at that fireworks show. Bunch of light people just... Just slapping each other around. I'm going to stand over here in the darkness because that seems crazy. <laughs> right? We're not called to, 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 to be a, uh, an explosive fireworks show that people go, yeah, I'm going to stay back over here because that's nuts. We're supposed to go into darkness and shine the light of Christ. Right. And so what do we see the church doing with that? We don't see them going in and arguing with people and fighting with people. We see them going and loving people. Being the hands and feet of Jesus. Not caring about whether they are appreciated, affirmed, knowing that the world is going to treat them a certain way. Encouraging people. Pray for this person. Right? Who's ordered for me to, 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 to be led to my death. Pray for this person that God would open their eyes. Right? Think about that. Praying for leaders that want to kill you. Right? right? Think about that. And we'll, we'll juxtapose that with leaders that we just disagree with. Right? Seems like we might be missing some things when it comes to being the light of the world. Right? So that's what I want us to think about today. I want us to take a couple moments and evaluate whether or not we want to live the kind of life that God is providing and giving us an opportunity to live that he's commissioned us to go and do. I want you to think about that for a few moments, and then I'm going to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that as we reflect on these truths today, that you'd help us to see your truth. That you'd help us to to walk in wisdom today. To humble ourselves before You, God. And to come to You, Lord. Lord, You are the Creator of all that is seen and unseen. And so we come before You, God, today in reverence and awe. We don't deserve to come before You. And so, Lord, we come to You with reverence and all, knowing that You have made a way. In Your infinite wisdom, Lord. You have called us to be the light of the world. To shine forth Your truth and love in the midst of darkness, God. You've called us to go into the world and shine for You.
Lord, help us to consecrate ourselves today to this divine calling, to this truth, God. That we would embody the light of Christ. That we would clothe ourselves with Him. That people would see Him. Lord, help us to be Your beacons in this world. That people see and they are drawn to You. Help us, Lord. Fill us with Your Holy Spirit that illuminates all truth to us. Grant us the courage to stand against all of the lies and the injustice in this world, God. Give us the strength, God, to speak the truth and love and the compassion to guide those that are lost and are hurting, God. Not to beat them down, God, but to guide them, to love them, God. To have the strength to stand for truth. To be the light in the darkness, God. Lord, may our lives reflect the radiant glory of Christ today. May your light dispel all the forces of doubt, anxiety, and fear in our lives today. Lord, keep us anchored in your word and in your wisdom. Let our actions bring honor to your name as we seek to serve and be the light to those around us. Help us, Lord. May our presence, God, bring comfort to the afflicted. Lord, may our presence bring hope to the despairing, those that are weary today, God. And may our lives bring light to those that are dwelling in darkness. May you use us, God, for your glory. Lord, we consecrate our minds to you today, our hearts, our hands to your service, God. Everything we have is yours, God. Use us as instruments of your peace and agents of your transformative love, God. Lord, in all things, we give you glory and we give you praise. You are our rock and you are our redeemer. We thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to live for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd like us to, as we're in this atmosphere of us focusing our hearts on the Lord and us being united together for this collective purpose that God's calling all of us to do. Can we just take a few moments and us uh, greet one another and us unite together uh, as we are preparing our hearts to come down here and receive together, to break bread together, to commune together. Can we just take a few moments and just greet one another and offer each other the peace of the Lord and just just cherish the moments that we have of us being in community together. Can we do that for a few moments this morning? As we prepare our hearts for communion. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys for taking time to, to greet one another. We love doing that because, one, it's biblical. Uh, two, uh, it's just a way of expressing our oneness in Christ, that we are together and we are united in Him, uh, with Him and in Him. And so we're thankful for that today. And so we appreciate you for, for doing that. Lord, we just thank you today that we have the privilege to uh, come down here, Lord, and to celebrate with you, Lord. We thank you that
in your love, you sent Jesus to die for us. When we were broken and in darkness, you sent him to shine his incredible light and love in our hearts. We thank you for the life that we have in him. Help us, Lord, to be mindful of that today as we think about your word and your truth. Lord, may you just illuminate that truth to us today. And may you help us, Lord, to just focus on you as we believe, Lord, what your word is saying and hold fast to that in our hearts today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can come together to celebrate you. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done. The memorial of our redemption, Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we pray that you would sanctify today by your word and Holy Spirit this bread and these cups, Lord, to be for us, your people, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And may you sanctify our hearts to receive it also. That we would worthily receive this sacrament, God, and honor you in all that we do, Lord. Help us, Lord, today. As we pray this prayer together, as our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, Lord, may we humble our hearts before you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we can come and approach your throne today. But Lord, may we do it so with humility. Acknowledging our need for your guidance and, our, and your light in our lives. Lord, we confess that apart from you, we're just wandering in the darkness. Lost and without direction. So Lord, we humbly ask for your illuminating presence to lead us on the path of righteousness. Lord, may we feel your presence in this place today. May we not leave out of here without hearing your word and feeling your presence, God. You are here. Lord, we can experience your presence today. You are with us today. Lord, would you forgive us for the times that we've failed to be the light that you've called us to be? for the moments where we've hidden our faith or neglected your commandments or even walked in ways that are contrary to your will. Lord, may you cleanse us with the purifying light of your love and renew our spirits today. Would you renew our minds today? Would you grant us a deeper understanding of your truth that we may walk confidently in the light of Christ? Lord, may we just be humble vessels who are willing to walk and carry your light into the corners of the world that are mired in darkness and despair, God. Help us, Lord. Teach us to walk in humility and love, Lord, being mindful of our own dependence on your grace, that none of us are worthy, that all of us have experienced your incredible grace, God. May our lives be a testament to your unending mercy and transformative power. Help us, Lord, to embrace our calling with humility and faith and help us to trust in your strength today and your wisdom to guide us. Lord, we thank you most of all for the gift that you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. The true light of the world who grants us access to your throne of grace.
Lord, it's in His name. We pray for the courage and humility to walk as children of light, reflecting His love and truth in all we do. Help us, Lord, today. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask Heather and Mel, do you mind helping me this morning? I'll have you stand over here. And Joseph, if you don't stand over there, we'll have you pray on that side, okay? And Diana's going to come up this morning. What we'd love to do, um, Mel, you come on this side. I'll switch it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. What I'd like us to do, if you haven't been here uh, recently or you, it's your first time with us or you're, you're new, we always end with communion, but we also want to make time for prayer. And so um, I'm going to be in the middle offering you guys the bread. And then you're going to have Mel and, and Heather are going to be on either side here. You can come here. You can get the, the cups from them. And then they're also going to have these trays that you can take the cup and you can put the, the cup in, the, in each of these trays. And then we have Joseph and Diana. They're going to be available to pray with you if you need prayer for anything. I'll be there to pray with you as we get through but this is the most important thing that we believe in doing every single time we gather it's breaking bread together and celebrating the memorial of our redemption we believe that god's presence is here and so we want you to know that as you come down here uh, we can pray with you and god can god can give you victory today for whatever it is if you just need somebody to pray with you about something we're going to make it available for you and so i'm going to I'm going to offer them these elements in a moment, and then I'm going to invite you to come. Amen. We're thankful that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it. And He told His disciples that this was His body, and that they were to do this in remembrance of Him. I'm thankful that when He took the cup, He told His disciples that this was the cup of the new covenant. That as often as they do this, that they are to do this in remembrance of Him, that this was His blood that was shed for them. And so we remember today, Lord. And we thank You for these gifts. The gifts of God for the people of God. Lord, may we receive of them today with thanksgiving in our heart. And may Your Holy Spirit empower us to continue to live for You. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you, guys. Take care.